So I'm going to talk about the Andrew Brown shooting, and uh, then I'll just throw some funny stories after that. You know, some of them are funny, uh, ha-ha, some of them are the other kind of funny. So Andrew Brown was a black guy, I think in North Carolina. There was a warrant out for him for drug stuff. And it kind of became a Black Lives Matter thing maybe a month ago. Right now it's May 2021. 20, so people were protesting, but the body cam footage had not been released. So they released it today. And it brings up some interesting questions. Um, so the footage starts as like a pickup with, I guess, maybe six cops. I don't know if it's five in the back or six in the back. So I guess there's six cops. They all got ARs or similar. Kind of like a SWAT team, but it doesn't say SWAT. And so they head to this guy's house. And then uh, the footage jumps to somehow he's in his car. And the cops are kind of surrounding him, telling him to stop. And they got their guns pointed at him. him and, well, pointed at his car. And so he kind of backs up a little bit, maybe five, ten feet. Maybe to get away from the officers that direction not going to work so then he starts going forward um towards an officer but the officer just kind of he doesn't jump out of the way but he he quickly moves out of the way and uh and as uh brown drives forward and then they light him up and the the bullet that killed him hit him in the back of the head as he's kind of driving off i mean He's probably 15 feet away from the officers. The car is maybe 10, 15 feet by the time he's lit up. But I was watching the video and looking at the seconds because it has a has a little timer at the bottom. It shows you the time of day. You can count the seconds. You, know, you can pause it and count the seconds. And so basically it goes like this. For one second, he's a threat because he's driving straight at an officer. For the next second... The officer moves out of the way, and he's driving past the officer who got out of the way. And in the third second, they light him up. So it goes down, you know, like... So, you know, like if you think it's an unjustified shooting, and I'm not sure on this one, but if you think it's an unjustified one, then the timing would be something like justified, unjustified, shot. Because if you're driving your car straight towards a cop, right, then that's a justified time to shoot you. Shoot get shot and then if you're driving away from a cop then it's less justified although right you know this is it's going to just depend on your opinion on this kind of stuff because you know if a, is a person who got in their car and is willing to run over an officer you know are they a threat to the public you know like can you just let them drive off you know or maybe you know because maybe there's a kid playing basketball in the street and he's about to get mowed down and maybe there ain't no kid. And, you know, how does a cop know? And then finally, you have three seconds to figure it all out. So it just kind of brings up some possible police reform things. Like, I don't know what the answer is. Like, how long, how, you know, how quickly does a police officer have to decide something to go from, oh, that's fine, to, oh, you're a murderer? Like Derek Chauvin and George Floyd... That guy had at least three minutes of George Floyd being dead, and he didn't get off. So I would say three minutes is too long. You can't you can't make the wrong decision for three minutes. And you could say that whole thing might have been kind of wrong, you know. So that'd be about nine minutes. 
on the other hand, you know, you being a police officer, it's a job, right? It's a job that you should not go to prison for, basically. If you do your job, you should not go to prison. So, like, there is no legal rule on this. Like, the, the, the way the laws work, they'll say something like, would a reasonable officer do this? So that kind of tells you, like, you know, what time, what the timing should be. But I, I, I would like it if they just, if they had, like, an actual number of seconds. Like, it should be in the law that if you are justified in shooting someone, if, you're, if a cop is justified in shooting someone at, you know, let's say at, at one point in time, and then the situation changes, and it's no longer justified, but they still shoot and kill someone, the question is, how long a time should that be? If someone's a threat and you're justified, and then they stop being a threat, and then, you know, a minute later you shoot them, well, obviously a minute, you have plenty of time to think, and you shouldn't shoot them. And so this one, basically they had one, somewhere in between one to two seconds. Let's call it one and a half seconds. They had one and a half seconds to not do what they did. So, you know, in a high-stress situation, given a one and a half second decision involving your life and the lives of your buddies... You know, what do you do? Is that uh, one and a half seconds? Oh, you had plenty of time. You shouldn't have shot. Now you and your buddies are all murderers. Or one and a half seconds. No human being could be able to, you know, figure that out in one and a half seconds. You're all completely justified. So I don't know. I guess in my opinion, I would say maybe the right answer is something under five seconds. I think in five seconds, you could, you'd be surprised what you can figure out. Now, how much under five? I don't know. Well, so anyways, the DA decided not to charge the officers, so I guess they got off. Robert Gruller on YouTube was saying that it's a little interesting how they didn't... Basically, a judge prevented the body cam footage to be released. So if the body cam footage had been out before the DA decided to not prosecute, and people saw the video, you know, there might have been... A bunch of protesting and then the politicians and the politicians talked to the DA and maybe he would have charged them but uh, the first time anyone got to see the video was when the DA said uh, justified uh, I was listening to Coleman Hughes go look him up everything he says is golden but anyways he was saying that he lives in New York and there's panhandlers and he says that he's more likely to give money to a panhandler that he thinks is being honest instead of, you know, basically being honest about their life and how their poor life choices led them to where they are as opposed to saying it's the world's fault. Anyways, it reminded me of a time uh, me and some friends were visiting San Francisco and I put some beers in a backpack so that, you know, instead of paying $20 a beer wherever, we could just uh, sit in the park and have a beer for 75 cents each. And passed a panhandler. And the panhandler had a funny sign. He said, I ain't going to lie. I need money for beer. And so I had a backpack full of beer. And I gave him a beer. And turns out he was lying. He, you know, he looked at that beer like, like I handed him a slug or something. <laughs> I think he was actually a heroin addict. And he just had a funny sign that got him more money normally. He did not care about that, that beer at all. So I'm watching an anime called Fumets no Anata A. 
it's really good. If you like anime, check it out. Um, but it's got several smoking hot women warrior characters in it. You know, they're like somewhere in like the 15 to 25 years of years old. You know, they're whatever. If they if they were a real person, they would probably be like five, four, and 110 pounds. And anyways, they just go around kicking butt. You know, they'll take on four people at a time, four men at a time, and just kick those men's butts. And that's fine. I think that is how I like my anime. Why not give me, you know, you could draw, you can draw them any way you want. So you could have a big fat man, or you could have a smoking hot 18 year old. Either way, kicking a bunch of butt, shooting lasers, whatever. So that's fine. But obviously, you know, this is not reality. And, you know, this this show is not reality. But anyways, the idea that small women with training, even with training, right, could go around and just kick ass like that is not true. But anyways, it just made me think of the, the reverse. So basically what it is is they are like, you know, this 110-pound smoking hot girl is really the equivalent of like a six foot six, 270 pounds of solid muscle, you know, trained in MMA to the gills man, like in real life. You know, like that's that's the kind of man in real life that could take on four grown men and just go bam, 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 and kick all their butts. So basically, you got young women acting like giant men, which got me thinking you don't ever see the reverse and this is anime you know marvel movies anything the reverse would be like big strong men you know taking care of children and i don't mean like hulk hogan as the nanny you know that he's just an action character again no like you know if you if you did the reverse you'd have some you know you'd have the rock Let's, let's imagine a movie with The Rock. So it would be a movie. The Rock would be in it. And, you know, he would be very nurturing to children. You know, he'd be like teaching them how to play nicely with each other. You know, whatever. Just, you know, just imagine, imagine your own mom. Well, he would be acting like your mom. Anyways, I guess what's my point? My point is, is that it is absolutely fine to be some sort of martial arts expert man, and it's absolutely fine to be a woman who loves her children and, uh, you know, is the equivalent of a black belt in raising children. And both of those things are fine. But society does not value them equally at all. So you watch these anime, and it's like the men are all... MMA experts, you know, mixed martial arts experts, and the women are too. And then none of the women and none of the men are good, nurturing mothers. Anyways, you can just see society or the viewing public or whatever. They value one and they do not value the other. So make of that what you will. A guy on YouTube made an interesting point. He was talking about those...
electronic speed limit signs that tell you your speed. So they'll tell you, you know, the speed limit is this, and your speed is this other number. And his point was that this doesn't tell you anything that you don't already know. Like, you know, you know what the speed limit is. There's a bunch of normal signs as you drive along, so you know what the speed limit is. And then your car has a speedometer, so you know how fast you're driving. But even though it doesn't tell you anything you don't know, you end up slowing down. Like you slow down a little bit, and then you see the number go down a little bit, and then you slow down a little bit more, and you see the number go down a little bit more. And, uh, whatever. That's just interesting. I was thinking about Israel and the Palestinians, and how, uh, you know, something bad happened to the Palestinians, um, something bad also happened to the Jews, uh, you know, you may have never heard of that one. And it wasn't actually done necessarily between the two of them. But anyways, just made me think of the old saying, two wrongs don't make a right. And so, it's kind of like, they're like, okay, let's, tr well, okay, if two wrongs don't make a right, let's try a hundred wrongs. They're like, all right, we did a hundred wrongs. Did it make it right? Darn it, it didn't make it right. It's like, how many wrongs do we have to do to make it right? But then that just got me thinking about this one time when uh, I was in my early 20s, I guess, and I was having a keg party at my house. So me and my buddy went to this place where you can get kegs. Like you can't just get it anywhere. You got to go to a special place. And so this is, you know, this is like, do two lefts make a right? And so we went and got this keg and we put it in my buddy's trunk. And the keg weighs, I don't know, weighs like 140 pounds or something. So it's a very heavy, heavy object. It's round and it can roll. So we put it in the back of his trunk and we're driving home. And as he's, you know, navigating the streets, you know, maybe he'd take a left and then the keg would just go roll, 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 slam into the side of his trunk. And, you know, the next thing he'd have to do is take a right. And the keg would go roll, 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 slam into the other side of his trunk. I mean, it was, it was hardcore. So, at least that day, I was a smart cookie. And so, what I said was, you know, instead of taking the left, because, you know, we knew which side the keg was on from the last turn. So I said, instead of taking the left, go one block past the turn that you want and take three rights and so if you take you know, if you go one block past take three rights it's the equivalent to taking a left and it stopped that keg from slamming around in his trunk <laughs>